Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike the intern, Ned Reynolds, back in the studio on a Tuesday morning. So I shared this story with Ned a couple days ago. Uh, someone was out at one of the um, Live Tour golf outings. And right before, I think it was Nicholson took the putt, he goes, do it for the Saudi royal family. <laughs> Obviously, he was escorted out of there by security, but I thought it was funnier than hell. And they keep having incidents where dudes are showing up to this thing and causing a little bit of ruckus, but that ain't stopping them. They're going to be around for a while. Yeah, well, we'll see. I think the tour will be, but how, how significant it's going to be, I think, remains to be seen. Here's, here's a judicial circumstance that's coming up today that, well, I think it pinpoints what the PGA and the Live are going through. The PGA has suspended any golfers, and they knew this, any golfer who goes over to the Live Tour is suspended. They're period, exclamation point. So we're coming up now on the final three golf matches of the year. These are the FedEx playoffs, and it's worth about $18 million, the whole purse is. And I think the winner, if I may may have changed, but I think the winner, winner of the whole thing in Atlanta in uh, early early uh, September. The winner of that whole thing gets, I think, $15 million. A lot of money. It's not seven to eight hundred million, though, Tiger Woods. Well, those, <laughs> those guys, those guys, that they didn't have yeah. to play for that. Yeah. They just got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in this case, three of the ten golfers who are suing the PGA have sued to get back into the playoffs. The PGA is saying, you guys knew what the rules were. You don't have any recourse here. But they're taking it to court anyway, and a judge in San Francisco is going to hear that case. They're going to hear it this afternoon. Now, does that mean he's going to make a judicial ruling? I don't know, but the first tournament is this weekend. It's in Memphis, the St. Jude Classic. That's the first of the playoffs. And these three from the Live Tour want to get back into the playoffs. Are they going to do it? If they do, we have, we have, in my opinion, I don't have a dog in the hunt, couldn't care less. This is not affecting my life personally any. And that's how you have to look at yeah, a lot of Yeah, it's not a reason to get pissed off about it. No, uh, but I do think these guys knew the rules ahead of time. If they're allowed to play again, I think it shows a major a major failure in our whole system of rules. Do we have any rules? No, we do not, if that's the case. But we'll find out. We'll, we'll see, see if they make them uh, do what they do. No, what they say? Bake, bake your cake and eat it, too? That's what they want. <laughs> well, we'll see uh, We'll see if they get to do that. All right, every year in training camp, you know, you get a couple rookie studs. Last year, I think one of the guys in training camp that was turning heads was Nick Bolton, and he proved that down the line. Creed also was one of the guys... Still, they're saying those guys are just on fire this year. But again, it's training camp. We're playing our own guys. It's not the real deal. But there is a rookie who's been turning heads. He's been uh, lining up in the slot. He's also wearing number 10, which I think is very interesting. Isaiah Pacheco, we that, think. That's Pacheco, the kid from Rutgers, uh, who is from, get this, Vineland, New Jersey, which is my home area. Just around the corner from Ned's house. And not, we used to play him in football all the time. The Vineland, get this, their nickname, unique, the Poultry Clan. <laughs> the Chicken Clan? Uh-huh. <laughs> that's awful. Oh, God, I'd be so mad if that was my mask. <laughs> yeah, you have, have to understand where the Vineland is. Vineland's in deep South Jersey. Uh-huh. And back then, isn't so much the case now, but back then, big-time farming country. Big, big time. They produced any number of outstanding athletes. Well, Pacheco is one of them. And then this kid, Sky Moore, has been playing very well. Now, keep in mind, folks, these are rookies. 
And the media is right there in training oh, camp yeah. and reporting, and everybody's always the all-time greatest when this happens. Pacheco's going to get his his reps at running back in this game against the Chicago Bears. I'm interested to see how Sky Moore is used because he has speed that's comparable to Tyreek Hill. But does he have the mindset that Tyreek Hill had? You know, they say, well, Sky Moore's coming from western Michigan, and there's a correlation here, but Tyreek Hill came from West Alabama. That is right, except he went to West Alabama after being at Oklahoma State yeah. and playing big-time football yeah. and then getting booted out. But that's, that's neither here nor there. I think this kid Moore can probably play, but how he reacts in game condition. That's why I think, Mike, that these three preseason games going to be very important as to who makes this team and who doesn't. Uh, Saturday, when the Bears and Chiefs play, you're going to see mostly the depth players. Mm-hmm. I don't think you'll see the regulars in there. But it'll be a competitive game because these depth players think they can play. You know, in the past, though, uh, Coach Reed likes to play quarterbacks by quarter, or at least in some cases, once he sees what he likes to see, then he moves on. But We'll see. It's going to be interesting and uh, definitely something to do Saturday afternoon. I am so excited we're going to get to watch football on Saturday. I'm so glad Ned talks back before the game. You get to listen to it. Yes, sir. (laughs) And we're trying really hard. I'm not going to say anything just yet that it's done, but we're playing with the delay so you can actually listen to us and watch it at the same time. So fingers crossed we can figure that out. We're very hard at work on that right now. All right, last but not least, Field of Dreams game every year is always a very cool thing for the two teams involved, and who gets to do it this year? It is the Cincinnati Reds and the Chicago Cubs, and it's 48 hours from now. They're playing Thursday night, Dyersville, Iowa. That is, of course, where the Field of Dreams is. The stadium that they're playing in is right next to the literal movie set of the Field of Dreams. The stadium is being specially constructed, as it was last year, for a Major League Baseball game. Portable stands and portable lights and all that sort of thing. They'll have a big crowd. Also in this one is that both the Reds and the Cubs are wearing throwback uniforms. Now the throwback uniforms, I think, I don't know this for certain, but I think they're going back to the early part of the 20th century. Those are cool. Back in the Field of Dreams days are what this is based on. That will be absolutely sensational. It's a regular season game. This is not an exhibition. They're playing for real. Of course, the Cubs and the Reds ain't going anywhere this year. <laughs> no, it kind of feels like an exhibition game, even though it's not one. Uh, it, it, in a sense, sorry, it does. Cubs and Reds fans. It is on national television, <laughs> of course, and and it's it's always fun to see how they play in the Field of Dreams with the cornfields, and they are there. Oh, yeah. This is not a set, yeah. folks. They, everything is right there. It's in the middle. What's of capacity Iowa. there? It's like what, like ten? I'm, I'm going to say it's about to fifteen. Yeah, okay, 15 that's what I was to, thinking. Maybe maybe twenty if they boost everything up, but it's not very long. I wonder how many kids are out there and ladders in the cornfield just trying to pop their heads up. That's what I'd be doing all day. <laughs> the Cardinals head west to the mountains this week. Is that right? Looking for their eighth consecutive win when they take the field tonight at Coors Field in Denver playing the Colorado Rockies and Chances are pretty good the Cardinals will get that. The Rockies are last place in the National League Western Division. They are probably about 13, 14 games under 500. They are a team that does win at home more than they do on the road by a long shot. But it's it's a Rockies team that's still young and coming on. The Cardinals should win. Have Miles Michaelis going for them tonight against a pitcher? I'm, I must admit, Mike, as much as I follow the game and it's my profession, Rocky Feltner, I am not familiar with at all, has a 1-3 record, a pretty high ERA of over 5. So this really lends to the Cardinals' power outburst at the moment, and they are hitting the ball very well, especially DeYoung. <laughs> Paul DeYoung goes down to the minor leagues for a couple of months, 
gets his stroke back, and now he's hitting the ball like a, an all well, like a Hall of Famer. But the fact is that the Cardinals can play, they are playing, and their pitching is what's carrying them through. In fact, in the Major League Baseball ratings that were released yesterday, the Cardinals are number six in all of Major League Baseball, but they're given a great chance of going a long way in the playoffs because the pitching that they've uh, been able to gain during the last couple of weeks really is going to solidify their staff, and that, that makes them. And Michaelis, of course, being a regular Cardinal pitcher, is one of the key elements in that pitching staff. And uh, it, like I said, or at least what you were talking about with DeYoung, he definitely playing right now that he does not want to go back down to Memphis at all. He's going to hold on to that spot with everything he's got, and he's doing a great job of it. All right, so about, what about the Royals? How are they doing right now? Royals have a doubleheader coming up today, and this is, this is kind of an interesting doubleheader. It is day-night, but it is late in the day. They're playing at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, the first game, and the second game will follow. So it's back to your traditional Twilight Night doubleheaders, although Twilight isn't especially at 3 o'clock. Anyway, it's the Royals and Chicago White Sox. White Sox come into Kansas City, and they need to get hot. White Sox are very much in playoff contention, but it's with a number of teams in the American League Central Division. And Tony LaRusso's ball club has kind of slumbered all season long. They have a lot of weapons on that ball club, but they haven't really played motivated baseball, and LaRusso is getting a lot of criticism from the folks in Chicago. Anyway, the White Sox and the Royals have a doubleheader. First game starts at 3, and then the second game is to follow. And the Springfield Cardinals are way out in western Texas against the Amarillo Sod Poodles. We took a little exam yesterday. The Cardinals are coming over from Corpus Christi to Amarillo. What do you suppose the length of that trip is? Ten hours? Not quite. It's about seven. Okay. Seven hours. And this is in that one state. (laughs) Big state, baby. They're going from South Texas all the way out to West Texas and playing the Sod Poodles for six games. And the uh, Springbirds come back home to play. So, yeah, it's uh, still plenty of baseball left to go. Definitely a lot of baseball, and uh, we can't wait for them to be back in town so we can watch some baseball at Hammonds Field. Last but not least, what place do the football Bears fall into the official preseason rankings? And those official rankings came out yesterday. They The official FCS rankings put together by that special panel, Missouri State number 5 in America. This is pretty doggone good. We say, well, number five, who's number one? Well, of course, you know North Dakota State's going to be number one. They're the nine-time reigning national champions. South Dakota State is number two, and that is who the Bears play on September 24th here in town. That will be a dynamite football game. South Dakota State's very good, folks, but I think the Missouri State Bears are too. We'll see how the schedule morphs out. But over and above that, it's uh, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, Montana, number three, Montana State, number four, and Missouri State, number five. That's pretty doggone good. This is FCS, folks. This is 1AA. How different is it from 1A? Well, the scholarships are different. There's the, the big differential of the two, your depth factor. Does that mean the starting 11s can play one-on-one? Yeah, because sometimes those FCS teams do win. We might see some of that this year, but... We'll see. We'll see how things, the Bears, FBS opponents, Arkansas. And that'll be a tough one on September 17th. South Dakota State, who the Bears' number two team, they play Iowa. North Dakota State goes out to Arizona to play the Arizona Wildcats out of the about-to-be-diminished Pac-12 conference. Uh, So each of these teams has their money game involved, and you, you need it. 
your, your budgets aren't the same as the other big schools are. So they'll get tested pretty good, but I'll tell you what, I have a really sneaky feeling that the FCS is going to show very well in, in uh, the early season games. I agree, too, and I tell you right now, the competition is just getting harder and harder in that valley. Ned, you have a great day, and I will see you on Wednesday.